live from the new headquarters here in Bocatone. Where are you again? You move so often, it's hard to keep up. Okay, that's fair, but I am in Boca Raton. I'm Sean Palmer. That's Seth Caymans over there. I actually went both ways, but that's Seth. That's yeah, there we go. That's Seth Caymans over there. I'm Sean Palmer. Seth and Sean Sports here at 2 30 on a Wednesday. Because why not? Because why not? I mean, Joe Judge got fired around 2 30 on a on the Tuesday. So no, about five o'clock on a Tuesday, 5 30 on a Tuesday. 5 530. Uh, you know what? It Black Monday went to Black Tuesday. So we're here. I don't to- think of it as black. I think of it as rainbowish. It's Why sunny rainbow? and rainbows. <laughs> Only for you, my friend. Only for No, you. for most of the Giants fans, you know, the last we were a lot of us were kind of up in the air on what to do with Judge until the last month. And the diatribe last week, plus the uh, the two running plays, like they, it almost reminds me of the swing gate that Jim Zorn did on for Dan Snyder a few years ago, where you knew he was going to get fired and just didn't give a damn anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, the difference was Joe Judge thought he was going to get promoted. Apparently, he, you know, there was a couple tweets on this that apparently he wanted the GM job also. Got it. No, Good stuff. He wasn't getting that. No. Well, you know, the thing is about. The Bill Belichick people and Joe Judge was a Bill Belichick person, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he comes from the same school of thought as Bill Parcells? Is I want if I'm going to cook, I need to buy the groceries. That's right, right. but I don't well, think that works. I, I, no. I never thought that works. No, let's look at let's look at the Bill Belichick tree here, sure. for all intents and purposes. In the last ten years, we've had Josh McDaniels. Arrogant, fired within two to three years. Charlie Weiss, arrogant, fired within two to three years. Joe Judge, arrogant, overstepping, probably a better way to put it, two to three years. They're all trying to sell this Belichick way. And look, Romeo Cremel, not arrogant, but fired within two to three years. The closest, in Bill O'Brien, a modicum of success, but nothing earth-shattering down in Houston and then fired after he traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. Sure. sure why not? Really? And he's still trying to figure out how to play with Alabama's number six receiver. Uh, didn't go too well for the Crimson Tide on, uh, on Monday night. Well, we'll talk about that in a second because that's a whole nother ball game. And again, we just talked about an Alabama receiver. Well, Javante Williams, Williams. Jamison Williams. I I continue to mess up the Williamses. Jamison Williams uh, torn ACL. But we'll get to that in a second. So let's continue down the. So Giants fans, it's going to be a GM first, and then it will be a coach. And if I'm look, if I'm the Tishes, it's Omar Khan. I'm telling you, it's Omar Khan. I don't get why Omar Khan is not getting more play here. Do you even know Omar Khan? Omar Khan is the director of personnel for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I can tell you why. Why? Because Kevin Colbert's going to retire this year, and then he'll be moved up. He's taking interviews. He took an interview with the Bears yesterday. If he's taking interviews, why would he not be number one on everybody's interview list? Like, I don't get it. He has, he's done wonderful things with 
with that team. It, unless they think that it's Colburn and Colburn only that's doing that that job. And I can't no, see it. Colbert's retiring. No, I'm saying in the past. If they say if if people believe that Omar Khan does is just there, right? And Colbert's doing all the work, then you don't hire the next guy. You don't hire the number two if they believe that the number one is it's like hiring Kevin O'Connell if you believe that Sean McVeigh's touch the only person that's calling plays. There's no reason that to hire the offensive coordinator for a team. Well, look, we don't know. There, there, there's a practicality to this. Is you know, look, I can watch a, a, a football game, and I know I can judge a quarterback and a running back and a wide receiver in corners. I can't judge offensive line. Correct. I've always said this. Yep. I know what the Giants need. I know what the Jets. I know what teams need. I don't know if it's the right fit for an offensive lineman. Sure. Similarly, it is really hard for me to gauge who the right GM should be. The only thing I do know is they're going to reputable teams. My gut is they, that Omar Khan is going to take Colbert's job in Pittsburgh. So they're going to New England, Baltimore, uh, Tennessee. They're going they're Kansas City. They are going to good teams and going looking at their number twos. They have, they're interviewing nine people. If they're interviewing nine people... I'm assuming six of them would be perfectly competent at this position. So I'm not crushing them on who they're bringing in to interview. Look, the Roonies and the in the Marrows are probably the two oldest owners, along with McCloskey or Hallisett in Chicago, in the NFL. Sure. I'm sure there's a very good chance that Rooney called Mara and said, look, we're keeping Con once Colbert retires. Don't bother. There's a very would that surprise you? No, not at all. But it surprises me that he's even interviewing. If that's the case, well, I don't know if he's in. I don't know if they've if Chicago is if they've given Chicago permission to interview him. I thought he had already interviewed, but okay, it's it, possible. It's, yeah, um, I'm actually reading this from Shafter, Adam Shafter this morning. Bears have requested permission to interview Khan. They haven't interviewed him. This was at nine o'clock this morning. Okay, so they haven't interviewed him yet. And look, they only fired Gettleman two days ago, three days ago. They have nine people that have reached out. There may be a, they may reach out to one or two more. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Sure. But I feel a lot more comfortable that they're going. Look, I would prefer the Maras not be making the call on who the GM is because, look, in 40 years, God bless us, we've won four Super Bowls. Right. But who are you? If you don't want them picking, there's the nobody team. else that can do it. There right. is no other choice. I, I, I understand that. Right. But look, I don't have a great deal of confidence that they're going to make the right call. But my gut is if out of these 10 guys, five of them will be sufficient. Six of them will be sufficient. I have no idea whether Joe Schoen in Buffalo versus Horowitz in Baltimore versus Monty, I forget the last name, Osenford or whatever it is in Tennessee. I don't know which one's the right one. Sure. At least in my head coaching position, I can gauge a little bit because I've seen what Brian DeBall has done in Buffalo with Josh Allen. You know, I've seen what Byron Leftwich has done in Tampa. I've seen what Todd Bowles has done in Tampa. Like, I can gauge that. I can't gauge the GM. It's too right. hard. No, you're you're, you're The only thing – that's why it was funny. I was talking with a buddy of mine who's a diehard Bronco fan, actually, of all things, today. And we were talking about – 
who they're bringing. You know, they're they they like their GM. You know, they like Fangio. The uh, Fangio, excuse me, George Patton. They love Patton. Yeah. Well, Patton was a guy that I would have wanted for the Jets way back when. So I mean, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So you know, Patton gave Fangio a year. He wasn't satisfied. Now again, I don't know if Fangio did a good or bad job. I mean, they have no quarterback, and you're in a division with Carr, Herbert, and Mahomes. Sure. You're a quarterback away from being relevant. So I just lost my train of thought on this. But well, like, we were talking about George Patton. Yeah. Um, yeah, George C. Scott did a wonderful job as him in the in the movie. I think he won an Oscar. <laughs> um, it may but, be Peyton. It's P-A-T-O-N. I am I'm aware. Not but, I think the Giants are also interviewing Adrian Wilson from, from the Cardinals. So you're going to winning teams. You're going, you're getting guys who are the number two who have been there. You know, I don't have an issue with that. The head coach. Oh, that's what we're talking about. The head coach is, you know, we know what a lot of these guys have done. Sure. And based upon your, I just don't want the, the, the coach being predicated on the GM. And I didn't want – the reason that you had the fire judge is because Gettleman was gone regardless of retirement. We all know he was gone. I don't want you having to hire the Tennessee coach because he's the only guy judge is going to work with. I don't think you can make that call. This It's not like judge has done a wonderful job in two years. He had a nice seven-game run last year. But similar to McAdoo, his first year was better. This year was a bleeping disaster. And we're in worse shape now than we've probably been in the last God knows how long. And it's going to take a couple of years to rebuild. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a Lynch Shanahan. Hey, you're giving us a five-year deal, and you need to give us three years to see how this plays out at a minimum. Well, because look, the Giants, no choice. Yeah, the Giants' job is the worst of the six, both for general manager and for coach. So right now they have less than $3 million in their projected cap space. I thought they, they had five. I thought they had 4.9. Okay, they have three? Three. Uh, okay. They have nine picks in the 2022 draft. So not saying that that's a lot or a little, but and they have two top 10 picks, which makes sense. But they have $3 million in cap room. Even if they have five, Seth, it, it, yeah, no, they're, is they're not disaster. Right? And they have a quarterback who is going into his fifth-year option. And the question oh, is, no, no, he's on his fourth year. He's on his fourth year. And whether that's a decision to be made, right? So do you restart the clock by picking another quarterback? And the problem is you have picks, would you say five and nine or something? Five like and that? seven. Five and, seven. Five. and neither one should be a quarterback because quarterbacks no, are just not that good there. Now, the Giants, I talked about this with Randy. I've talked about this with a couple of people. I was actually on the John Mara call an hour ago. Um, the Giants, look, the Giants are not taking a quarterback in five or seven. The Giants shouldn't be taking a quarterback in this draft. The Giants, excuse me, should be picking up a high-end backup who can challenge Jones for the head for a bridge year. I like, you know, I like the idea, you know, the idea of Mariota. I know you're not a huge fan, but you get my, but the point is someone who could start for five or six, who could start one season. Because if Jones can't beat out a high-end guy, then you don't have to worry about the option because you're not picking it up anyway. And if the if he becomes the quarterback you want him to be, then you got to try and figure out how to sign him. There's no other option here. They have no free agent space. They have no salary cap. 
There's no quarterback that you're going to take this year who's going to be an automatic. This is what we're left with. No, all that, I, I, there is no argument. All of that is true. <laughs> I, yeah. It's not hard. No. All, you got you have 5'7 and like number 35. You pick two offensive linemen and either a defensive lineman or a linebacker. That's what you have to do. There's no, there, there's no alternative. We have the worst offensive line in football, and we can't rush the passer. We can't win under these circumstances. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so let's move on to some of the other jobs, though. There are other jobs? There are other jobs. There are six jobs. So number, so ranking, and I'm taking this from from SportingNews.com as as in the order. Uh, So they they have the Giants as the worst job, Minnesota as the second the worst job, the fifth best job. Uh, no general manager, projected cap space of 14 million and eight picks. And so each one of these jobs has a good and a bad, right? I mean, that's just the way it works. And the bad, the bad could be you have a quarterback or the bad could be you don't have a quarterback. Minnesota's kind of in the middle, right? You got, he's in the Kirk Cousins in the final year of a two year, $66 million extension which is guaranteed $35 million next year. So this is awful. I mean, and I, and I well, don't say that because wait, I don't. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know if it's awful. Why? So as you said, they got 15 million in space. You can't, hold you, on. You can't cut them. No, you can't cut them. You, you can't trade them. Probably not. I you, agree. You probably have to play him. Like you can't bring in another quarterback. No, but what? $35 million. And if he plays well next year, he's a free agent. Look, it's not like I say it's the best. He played great this year. They went seven and nine. Correct. His numbers are fantastic this year. Take a look at his numbers. I will get that up. Okay, continue on. What? Let's look at what they do have. They have a top five running back. They probably have two top five running backs. Madison's, I think, going to be a free agent. So okay. I, 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 love, I love Madison. Like I think Madison is a great is a great running back. And they have yeah. a top five wide receiver. Okay, borderline so, top five. So four thousand yards, give or take, average seven point five yards per average. Average what, touchdown to interception ratio thirty three to seven. Very nice. Very nice. A rating of 103.1. Um, and he completed how many percent of passes? Doesn't have the percentage here. So no one's of- arguing those numbers. No. Those are- so that's why. Now, what they actually, ironically, what they have to fix up is the defense, which they spent a lot of money on two years ago. By yeah. getting Anthony Barr back, right? And then investing in other defensive linemen. Right. Um, so you have it. Look, you have a draft. Yeah. You have 15 million. There's probably some other cuts. Again, I don't know yeah. the specifics. Sure. I don't think you're starting there at a dead. I, I don't think I don't think it's a horrible place because you're starting at least with talent. Okay. I could give you that. I just think your talent is wrapped up too much money in a couple of positions. So be it. But they also have a number two pick from last year, Kellen Mond, who pretty much was there, was pretty much redshirted this year. 
Yeah. Quarterback from Texas A&M. Yeah. So that, that may be your transition in, for quarterback going forward after this year. Look, I don't think you can trade Cousins. The only way you can you trade for Cousins is if you think you can win. Is, is if a team thinks the only thing they need is a competent quarterback and that will get them to a Super Bowl. And Cousins is a competent quarterback. And you you make the one year run at him, and then you go, then you and if, if it works, great. If not, the twenty three draft is full of quarterbacks. Okay, but there. Are, so two things. First of all, Kalamon was taken in the third round. I, and not, look, 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 look. If we're going to spout stuff, let's spout it correctly. And that's not a correction of you. That's just saying second or third round. It just is. Number two, if you're trading for Kirk Cousins, you have to have thirty five million dollars. Yeah, and well, that, there happens to be a team with. 71 million of cap space and needs a quarterback, quarterback had, a, had a had a rating of 4.4 yeah or look who short of a wide receiver is look they're a good team denver's a good team that needs a quarterback i'm not saying i think it's going to happen but 35 million isn't quite what 35 million was 10 years ago i will tell you denver's an interesting place for if, if they can pull that off right so denver is one of those teams that is probably a quarterback away. I mean, that's exactly. what they need. That's what they need. And they have some extra draft capital with the trade of Von Miller. They got, I believe, a second and a third for Von Miller. I so, think they have cap space. You have you can tell better than I you you know better than I do. Uh hold on a second. I can pull that up because that's on here. They have $48 million in cap space. Yep. Okay. So, so and they, yeah, this could be. A, you can look at Cousins. You can look at Jimmy Garofalo. Again, these are one-year trend. You 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 take the one-year run. Garofalo's got two years, non-guaranteed at twenty-five a year. Yeah, you yeah. take the run at him if he does the job. Well, the, and that's why, and that's why Denver is number three on the list, not number six on the list. We're talking or number five. That's why we're talking about Minnesota. Okay, so again, okay. that's what we're talking about here. Is so, it's the same so, idea? Right. So let's talk about Miami. Right. How shocked were you that Brian Flores was fired? I mean, I when I heard about it, I was dumbfounded. But yeah, apparently there was an issue with him and Tua and Chris Greer. And Flores lost out. I mean, he'll be a head coach before before the before January's over. Um, I think he'll be a, he'll be in the running in every place except for probably the Giants. I think he was good friends with Joe Judge. Yeah, and I, I, think, think. I think he'd do very well with the Bears if they can match him up. With that something. seems to be where that seems to be the thought. Um, look, if you're not, you know, that he's not in a ha- he nobody. I think most teams would be very happy to have Brian Flores as their head coach. Yeah, I think you look at Miami; it's not a bad. Pl- it's, I don't think they're in terrible. Again, I don't know their. I don't know the cap space. You tell. Well, me. Let's go through that. So Chris Greer is the general manager, right? So they're so they're not looking for a GM. The, the 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 Giants and Minnesota are both looking for a GM, and that may be why it's less attractive right now, anyway, because you can't hire a coach without a GM. Right. And so Chicago, Chicago is looking for one too. Right. Ryan Pace uh, was, was yep. fired. Um, so Miami's got seventy five million dollars in cap space. Oh. Oh, that's a lot of space. Uh, they have seven picks in the draft. So okay. not as many. And the question is, is Tua the guy, right? Or are you looking at Deshaun Watson or something on those lines? Stephen Ross has said numerous times he wanted Deshaun Watson. And 
that's going to take hold next year because it was okay for the Texans to hold on to Deshaun Watson when he was earning $10 million a year and pay that. But next year it goes up close to $35 million. And I don't see the Texans holding on to that contract and paying a guy not to play $35 million. No. So you're going to look at Denver. They're going to look at Miami. Now the question we all have to figure out, and not that we have to figure out, but how do you trade for a guy who could end up in jail? Yeah. Because that was what actually the person, the Denver person I was talking about is he wants Watson. I said, there's 22 complaints against them. Yep. I don't know what's real, what's not, but how do you, what do you give up? I mean, well, the way you can fashion a deal is always conditional picks, right? Of course, right. So if he get, if he plays fifty percent of the game, fifty percent of the snaps, there's an additional X. If he plays seventy five, there's Y, so on and so forth. Yeah, that's how that's how it has to be done. Um, but it's a it's a balance, right? It's a balance on how, are you giving conditional first picks? Are you giving conditional second picks? And again, you can't really give those pick. You can't give those picks this year. Those picks have to be for next year because. You're so, not going to know the result until this year. Right. So you have a first round pick next year, which by all accounts, the way that GMs uh, value picks. The second round pick this year. Exactly. So how many picks are you giving up? Right. And conditionally is if you make it a, a conditional second that goes to a first, well, then really that's a third. Right. I mean, it's not even a second anymore. So how many thirds are you going to give up? I mean, it's just also, I'm also reading here. Adam Beasley from Pro Football Network reported Flores was incredibly difficult to work with. His relationships with those in the building were non-existent. Surprise, yeah. surprise. A Belichick guy is in, is hard to work with. I mean, does that surprise you in the least? No. The only, one, the only one we've ever had really positive feedback from that was Romeo Cromel. Um, I mean, let's look at this. Joe Judge, hard to work, hard to work with. Uh, Charlie Weiss, hard to work with. I mean, look, if you get your if you break your bones or sorry, break your uh, break your teeth or cut your teeth. That's what I was looking for. Cut your teeth under the most curmudgeon person of all time. You're probably going to learn to be a curmudgeon and shocked that that happens. And Josh McDaniels, same deal. Hard to work with. Not not surprising. But if you win. And that's what I thought with Brian Flores is he won. He didn't make the playoffs, but, man, that that was quite the turnaround for his year. Look, I'm surprised also, and I wouldn't have done it. But, again, I'm not in that building. I think it's, look, $71 million, You Look, Tua, you give another year if you can't get And, look, you, and to see what he can build into. He's, Tua's also had three coordinators in three years. Let me ask you something, Seth. If, you're, if, you, if you are the GM, if you are Chris, Chris Greer, do you even and, and you uh, let's set aside the fact that Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson. I'm not even looking at Deshaun Watson. You have Tua on a rookie contract. You have Tua that went eight and one in his last nine games. Why am I looking at somebody else? Because I think you have to look also at who Miami beat. I think the thought was they didn't beat an over 500 team. I could be wrong. Or maybe they beat one 500 team, but in the big games, Tua did nothing. Now, again, they have no running game. They do their wideouts, other than Waddle, who was sensational this year, are mediocre or, or nothing special. And you go, 
I look, I think it's like everything else. It depends on what Nick Casario is going to want in Houston for Watson. If you're going to, and I don't know Watson's value at this point. Watson's value to Houston is just in part to get off the contract and in part to get a, you know, what do you want a first and a third, two firsts? Again, we're not talking Watson of a year and a half ago. We don't know where we are. So, or, you know, a first, a second and then conditional first based upon X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Yeah, Miami has the 22nd pick in the draft, too. So they do not own their first quarter. Right, because that's based on the jail, the San Francisco, and the, the 49ers or the Eagles, one of the two, I forget which. Right, it was it was the Jalen Waddle deal that yeah. they traded up for Jalen Waddle. Okay. So, so they do not have their first draft. They don't have theirs. They have San Francisco's at 22. So right. just to put in where we are. Okay, so moving on to Denver. We talked a little bit about Denver. Denver's got $48 million. Uh, seven picks in the draft. I believe they have their first round pick. They do. It's number nine overall, um, which hopefully they do not take uh, the lineman from Iowa. Please do not take the lineman from Iowa. That's the guy I want at, at number 10, but not a look. They are ready made, right? They are a quarterback away. Yep. They are that team. They have ample space. They have, Three wideouts, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. They have two wide, two running backs in Melvin Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. See, I got the right Williams there. Their defense is a little they, – they need a little bit of help, but not much. Well, they need help on the line. Right, but it all so, comes back to the same thing. Who's playing quarterback for this team? Yeah. And at number nine, you're not getting that quarterback. So nope. do you trade – no, look, if you if we're trying to fashion deals here, and I love playing the game, is the number nine pick for the number 12 pick and Kirk Cousins. Or the number nine pick and something else, right? Even a third round pick for the number 12 pick and Kirk Cousins. If you're Minnesota, do you want to get up to nine? Is nine that much better than 12? In this draft, or are you again? It depends who you want. Are you looking at the big game? Are you looking at Rodgers? Again, we don't know what Aaron Rodgers' deal is. Nobody does, right? And are that's gonna, at, and that's gonna that's gonna tell the whole story of the offseason, right? Is right. Where are you looking at? Are you looking at? Because look, that's gonna impact if if George if Rodgers says, look, if if Nathaniel Hackett, who's their off who's their coordinator or the QB coach, I forget which, is going to be the head coach of Denver. I want to go to Denver. Yeah, you know. There's too many moving parts, but Denver is a pretty is a damp, Denver and Miami are both pretty attractive. Well, Rodgers is the first domino, right? Okay. Nobody's nobody's doing anything without knowing what Aaron Rodgers is doing. No, 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 no. That's not true. No, I mean, you're not. Deal? Nobody's oh, making a about, deal. Without, I thought we were coaches. Sorry, yes. I meant nobody's making yeah. a deal for any quarterback. Deshaun. Well, they can't because you're gonna you're gonna know within a week after season what Rodgers' deal is. Supposedly. Supposedly, if he yeah, if he's yeah, telling he's the right. truth this time, hard hard to hard to gauge. Right, um, okay, so we got two more jobs coming up. Uh, the Chicago Bears, which I think is one of the more attractive jobs. The thing is, they don't have a first round pick. Other than that, they got their quarterback. They got a good defense. They got a good running back. Do they re-sign Allen Robinson? I don't know. Look, they can fran- so. they can franchise him again if they want. Look, he had a miserable year, but he also contracted COVID early. So the question- and he actually really had COVID as opposed to 
people being asymptomatic. Correct. Correct. So, but J, the GM and the the coach will go hand in hand. So the question is, it, it, I think that's a pretty damn good deal. I like that that team. And then you have Jacksonville. Oh, by the way, the Bears have $43 million in space. And that does not include Allen Robinson. So if they're going to get Allen Robinson, you probably have to drop that by 15 or 20 million. So you're looking yeah. at 23. And then Jacksonville, which leads the team. Oh, they only have five picks in the draft, by the way. So that's a negative for them. Uh, Jacksonville, 10 picks in the draft. How much caps? Right. Including the first pick in the draft, right? I mean, that that has to be said. The first and the first pick in every round of the draft. So that is something to be said. They have $72 million in cap space. Now, but you have to deal with Trent Balky. <laughs> so you know it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh there. <laughs> I'll tell you that flat out. There will be no Jim Harbaugh. But you also have the the franchise quarterback, right? If you believe in Trevor Lawrence. Which you have the franchise quarterback and you have a defense. You have – we don't you, – you're, Robin, Robinson's – you know, they, they need offensive line. Yeah, they have Robinson's a free agent after this year, which, which makes you try and think whether they look to trade down. And if they don't trade down, they take Evan Neal first overall. It's possible. I mean, I don't they, – the defensive line is not of a, a specific need, I don't think, for Jacksonville at this point. And if that's the two best players – now, look, the Jets have, what, three or four? I forget. The Jets are at four. Okay, so you're not going to – you have no chance of getting Thibodeau or um, Hutchinson unless you move up. No, and you're not going to trade – you're not going to spend that that ammunition to do it either. If you're no, the you're Jets, not. you have too many holes. You're not – Joe Douglas is not trading up from four to one at the – well, let me – hold on. It's all dependent on how much it's going to cost, right? So you're not giving up – the second first round pick that you have. You're not giving up no. number 10. You're not giving, You're not giving up, up your second round pick either. To well, move up. Well, we do have two of those. So we okay. have ours and Carolina's. So Carolina, I believe, is number nine. If all they're asking for is the number nine pick in the draft, to number nine in the second round, to move up three slots, you're probably going to do it. But yes. But I don't believe that's the case. They probably want both second round picks. And that's and too much for something that you would like to have, but it's not, as you said, you have probably the worst safe, the worst back four in the league. We have the worst defense in the league. Jets have the worst defense in the league. The only, there are three starters on that defensive team that could probably start for other teams right now. Three. Mosley, Williams, and Frank, John Franklin, whatever his name yep. is. Yep. Three. Three guys. Maybe four, but three? probably three. Are you sure just three? Okay. But anyway, so yeah, th- as much as last year was an offensive draft, this year for the Jets should be defensive draft. And look, it looks like the draft, you know, Carter looks like a player. Moore looks like a player. Wilson. Oh, he, he, look, Joe Douglas kicked ass in the draft last year. Yeah. He got four to five starters in that draft. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. So that's. That's the extent of that. Now we have, now we can start talking about the actual games this this week. No, we still got we still got one team left. Who? The Raiders. The who? The Raiders. 
The Raiders still have a, a coach. You think they're going to keep him? Let's see what happens this week. They're not going to keep him. You you mean to tell me if they win this week, they're not keeping him? I don't think they're keeping him. Oh, I think they're keeping him whether or not they win this week. I think it's a recipe for a mess if they keep him. It's always a recipe for a mess. The, it's the Raiders. Raiders. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Cowboys. It's always a recipe for the them. The problem is when you keep an interim coach who goes on a – Yeah, we talked about this. This is the Ed Ogernon in, in USC exactly. concept, right? Yeah. It's, but my this gut isn't it. college. This isn't college. These guys will be back. It's not like they're declaring for the draft and gone. No, I get it. Well, they got to figure out whether they want to keep Carr. They have to figure out whether they want to keep Mike Mayock first. Yeah, I don't think they're keeping Mayock. Well, if they don't keep Mayock, the coach is gone. Mm-hmm. The only way the coach stays is if Mayock stays. Agreed. All right. And I don't think they're keeping Mayock. And Okay. I, I expect to see him on Notre Dame football next year. Well, I was about to say, that means the draft just became a whole lot more interesting because I loved listening to Mayock on the draft. So that's that. All right. Quickly, let's go through the games as we just spent 35 minutes talking about GM vacancies. So, Welcome to our life. What else would we rather talk about? That, that's a good point. However, there is some other sporting events going on. Um, number one, the Raiders and Bengals, 430. Let's, this is the Saturday games. Uh, two Saturday games, Raiders and Bengals in Cincinnati. Bengals are favored by five and a half. Look, I, I, you and I have talked about this offline. These are the two teams I'm wa- I want to continue going on. Yeah. These are the most interesting two teams to me, and they play each this other. Is the best game of the, this is the best game of the first round. And um, I think um, since he wins, I just think they're better. Oh, they are definitely a better team. They are definitely a better team. And so I don't think they cover. I think they win. So I think they win. I think they win in cover. I think it's fun. I think it's somewhere along the lines of 37, 28. I don't, I don't see much defense being played in this one. So let's talk about the weather at some of these games too. So Las Vegas goes to Cincinnati where it's likely to be 27 degrees. Now this, the second game, New England, New England travels to, to Buffalo. And the last time they traveled to Buffalo, there were 70 mile per hour wins, or what it seemed like 70 mile per hour wins. And Bill Belichick ran the ball every time but three. I don't think you're going to see that this time, as the wind is not supposed to be what the wind was, but it's supposed to be two degrees. And that's two degrees Fahrenheit. Is it really? That is cloud. Wow. I can't. I can't wait to see Brian Kreider in the stands with no shirt on. That is so. Stefan Diggs was asked about the weather this week, and he goes, "That eh, doesn't matter. I played in that that Minnesota game where it was outside in the Minnesota, like University of Minnesota." He's like, "Ah, eh, two, three, four. What's the difference when you're getting that cold?" And I, I really don't have any answer to that. It probably is no difference. But I will take Buffalo in this game. They are favored by four. Not only am I thinking with my heart, but I'm also thinking with my head. I I don't believe Buffalo is going to look like they did last time against No. Them. I think I they're going to come out. And as long as the wind is remotely close to being normal, Josh Allen's going to throw on this team. And he's going to run on this team. And this is going to be 
this is going to be once again when I look at the TV and say that should be my quarterback over and over again. But uh, I'll take I'll take the Bills to win the game and win it pretty handily. I don't at, think. At, at what point do we get over the Josh Allen? Never. So you, when you we're know, doing this on our 25th anniversary, you know when we get over it. When I get over Brett Favre not being a Jet, he was so, a Jet. No, I mean. The first- <laughs> You mean, you mean with Sterling, with uh, Nagel, Browning Nagel? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, I remember this quite clearly. The Jets acquired in the first pick of the second round, Reggie Rembert. And in the second. Wide the, receiver, West Virginia. Yep. And then they took Browning Nagel. And in between went a guy that they wanted, but yet would not take. And his name, Brett. Favre. 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 So, Atlanta. And then they could have traded for him. And no, I'm not getting over Josh Allen ever. Anyway, continuing on. So, we have to discuss Pittsburgh, Kansas City. I was going to ask you if you were picking the game first. You haven't made one. I take Buffalo. Okay. Uh, Eagles, Buccaneers, where it'll be a balmy 67. Well, wait a minute. Did we get to Pittsburgh, Kansas City or no? Pittsburgh, Kansas City is the eight fifteen game on Sunday. Okay, we're okay. We're going. I thought we we're going AFC NFC. Nope. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay. I'll be honest. This is one. This is probably the least interesting game to me, or one Agreed. of the two. Philly's not very good. No. Nope. Tampa. Could you, see, could you see an upset here at no. all? No. Okay. All right. So let's move on. 49. Tom Brady is not. Tom Brady's not losing to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna pick against the Cowboys here in the next game. Yeah, so am I. Ah, That's easy. Ah. We talked about this. Sam, the two, the two teams I found. Well, one of them didn't make it, but the two teams I found the scariest going into the playoffs that were going to be, in my mind, a lower seed were the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. I do not. I would take the Niners over any of the any of the AF, NFC West teams. I think San Francisco goes to Dallas and beats them. I think you it's a good. I think it's Niners. a fun game. It's the second best game of the weekend. You take the Niners over the Rams. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, um, Steelers and Chiefs, twelve and a half point spread. Another balmy twenty nine degrees. I guess when we're comparing it to two degrees, twenty nine is balmy. But it's good, um, barbecue. it's good barbecue and tailgate weather, you softy. Yeah. Well, the Chiefs are not losing to the Steelers. No. This will be Big Ben's last game. No. This will be, but yeah, this game's there's always a game you skip or I skip. My gut is it's gonna be this one. I think this game's over by halftime. The 815 Sunday game. And then we got Monday night football. My lord. Could uh, Look, we don't need more football, and we don't need it on another night, but here we are with another one. Uh, the Rams are at home, and you know why there's no degrees on this? Because they play in the dome. So the Rams play against the Cardinals. Cardinals on the downslope. Rams, they should have won last week. Couldn't pull that off. And Neither off- team has looked good in the last month. To and Stafford has looked awful. Yeah. I mean, Stafford has just looked awful. But I'm still going to take the Rams. I just because we've agreed on five out of six games and that annoys me. I will take Arizona. Okay. Um, 
the Arizona, the Rams have looked horrendous. Yes. Um, they look out of sorts. They're running. You know, Sony Michelle looked good a couple of weeks ago. Their defense is like it. This is a no one can. The spread on this, I'm assuming, is about three and a half. Four. Well done. Yeah, I mean, it's not that hard. It's a pick 'em game for all intents and purposes. Yep. So I don't see the best player in this game is is Kyler Murray. I mean, well, Aaron Donald's the best player in the game. Aaron Donald's the best player. And Cooper Cup is close second, at least this year. Yeah. But gut feeling. The Rams, I have not had a good feeling about the Rams the last six to eight weeks of this season. Arizona's been hurt at least, and that kind of mitigates it to a degree. Um, I think it's a pretty I think it's a pretty decent game to watch. I don't mind it. I like I don't think we need Monday night football in the playoffs, but I'll no, it's an enjoyable game to watch. I'll watch the game. Like I'm right. I'm looking forward to it's one of the look, if we're if we're ranking these games, uh we talked about the Raiders and Bengals. Uh I'm looking forward to the Patriots and Bills just because it's the Patriots and Bills. Yeah, it does nothing for me. The 49ers and Cowboys and and Cardinals and Rams, like you said, there are two games that I want nothing to do with and probably will just watch them because they'll be on, but for no other reason, except if I'm taking a walk and it's – I was going to say it's 80 degrees where you live. 80 degrees. It's 18 here. Yeah, but I'm watching football outside at a bar. You're watching. (laughs) Am I going to have to hear about this crap for the next five years until your next move? Well, Syracuse plays at three o'clock on Saturday, so uh, it'll is college be so- football still going on? My season's been over for a month. No, college basketball. You mean? I meant college basketball has been Syracuse over. Syracuse plays at three. Over. The Raiders play at four thirty, and the Patriots play at eight fifteen. How, Syrac- how is Syracuse doing? Uh, they're okay, but they play Florida State, so at least I know I'll watch it at a bar here. So at least they'll be on. Um, they're okay. They're 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 going to need some help in, in making the tournament this year. They're Syracuse. Right. They're always like, they're the same thing yeah. every year. Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway. Well, watching Baylor lose was fun last night. Yeah, Baylor well, was up seventeen and came back against and Texas Tech came back against them. Yes, yes, and uh, but I have nothing to uh, like. I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I've lost interest in college basketball. Maybe it's because of COVID, and maybe it's just because I don't know any of the players on the teams anymore. Well, that's like, a, and I've talked. That's why I always joke when we do our college basketball preview over the last couple of years. How I'm the expert. I'm no longer the expert because I can't follow it. Yeah, too many people transferring in and out. Um, it's not as much fun because even the players that are good are gone in a year. I mean, look, there. Have been, I mean, I watched Gonzaga Duke in the beginning of the year was excellent. There have been some really enjoyable games, and last year's tournament was wonderful. But yeah, it's just not as much fun as it used to be, which makes right. may make me an old curmudgeon. I don't really know. Yeah, a little bit of a curmudgeon, but that's okay. We're all. I've been called worse. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the college football uh, championship, which was a very enjoyable game. Fun game. Yeah. So I watched it uh, with a whole lot of Georgia fans and a whole I lot of Alabama, Alabama fans and Alabama fans. The The bar was kind of split. Um, I was sitting with Alabama fans. The Georgia fans were behind me. And I got to tell you, the Georgia fans did not seem happy until the final score. And that doesn't mean the interception either. I mean, till it went zero zero zero, there was tempered excitement like throughout the entire game. So the Alabama fans were hooping and hollering for the entire game. They were like, "This is our game." They scored. They were on. The Georgia fans just weren't. It didn't seem like they were happy until the end because they definitely feared that this would be the <laughs> that they would not win. 
And they had a right to fear it until the interception. I guess. Uh, look, you got to feel bad for Williams. Like, I mm-hmm. saw that and I was like, oh, here we go again. And again, I'll say these guys, there's going to be, Seth, players at some point that opt out of this game. There just will be. I know you don't believe it. I know you don't think so. I know you've said this before that you believe that players that play in the championship games will continue to play in the championship games infinitum. I, I, how much money did this guy lose? You play the guys played, you know, 50 games in high school, 50 games in college. I don't believe you play unless you were going to sit out a season. I do not believe you're going to play a full season and then sit out the national title game. I just don't. I just don't. Okay. okay. I mean, it was nice to see Kirby Smart win, hmm. especially since I forgot that he was actually an alumnus of Georgia. Did you forget was- or did you know? I'm not no, being sarcastic. I don't know if you knew. I forgot. I knew a while back when I had done some research into him, but I totally forgot. And then they showed a picture of him as as an actual player. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, nice for Georgia to win. Nice for Alabama to lose. And it was interesting watching it with Alabama fans who basically were like, this doesn't happen to us. I was like, just stop. Like, you've you've got 12 and 1 this year. My team hasn't won 12 games in three years combined. And you're 12 and 1. They have become the New York Yankees. Yeah. um, the epitome of, I don't know, spoiled? Is that Arrogance the- personified? Nah, spoiled. But they take it from their coach, and their coach is a curmudgeon of Belichick. So it just flows all the way downhill as to where we are. Yeah. Uh, Saban was his DC at Cleveland. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it was an interesting game. I don't think it was very hard hitting. It was a very physical game. Yes. A lot. I mean, you, you saw the talent, you know, Christian Harris. Will Anderson um, on on Alabama side, Nakota Dean, um, Jordan Davis on Georgia's side. You know, there were some really weird calls. That fumble on Georgia, I thought, was hor- was a horrifyingly bad call, mm-hmm. which led to the Alabama touch. I don't think Georgia got the, too much benefit of that on anything. No, nope, you're probably right. You know, the first play was the first play was a lot closer to a fumble to me than the second one. Mm-hmm. And that was, of course, recovered by Nakota Dean, who ran it for a touchdown and was called back. And then Georgia, the weird, just a weird fumble call. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't agree with it. But look, look, what a great story Stetson Bennett is. You know, he led the team down. And I love the call on, with up, them up one on third down with, what, three minutes to go. And Alabama packed it going for, you know, because Georgia had run the ball behind Cook. And they threw the quick out to the freshman tight end. Yeah. And there was nobody there. Yep. They just thought they were going to run the timeout, and that was the right call. And that was it. You know, the question whether to go for one for one or two, I was seeing on Twitter. Look, I mean, what happens if you miss two? You're de- you're only up seven, and then they go forward and win. You know, you can't. It's 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 really easy in hindsight to make the call. I thought the extra point was the right thing. Um. And then, you know, the interception return was – it was great. It was enjoyable to watch. I'm happy for, you know, my friends and – my Georgia friend fan friends. And I'm, look, for better – the better, better – I have a couple of them. Um, 
I have two or you have two? No, that's a couple. You have two. You said I have a couple. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, Alabama is going to be stacked next year. Ohio State's going to be stacked. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of back to the the most interesting question, I think, in the offseason is, number one, is does Jim Harbaugh stay? Yeah. I find it really funny that he's now accomplished his goal. The dude is one in eight against Ohio or one in seven against Ohio state and Michigan state combined, but he's completed his goal. He's not going anywhere. He's taking this and saying, give me back the money that you took from me last year. That's all it is. Could be. And, and they will. Although, They'll although, give it right back to him. If the Raiders decide nope. to go away from Bishio, nope. they're going to want the big – they're going to go for the big name. They're the Raiders. That's what they do. Look, I would love for that to happen. You know that. You know I want – I have said this before on this show numerous times. The, the NFL is great when two teams are great, the Cowboys and the Raiders. When those two teams are not significant – the NFL is a worse place to play and a worse storyline. And it's sad because those two teams haven't won a championship in forever, but they're still the most popular two teams outside of probably the Steelers in the NFL. Maybe the Packers are up there, but, but those two teams are the most popular teams in the NFL for different reasons. Those two, the Steelers are up there, and the Patriots at this point are probably up there. Look, when the NFL cut its teeth, and I got it actually right that time, it was in the 1970s. And in the 1970s, they got most of their fans, and most of their fans were attracted to, and this is when you only saw one game, maybe two, in your local market, and the national games were the Steel Curtain or America's team. And so those are the two teams that – you pass down and more people are fans of those two teams. You have America's team being the Cowboys and the Rebels being – if you renamed – the Raiders are in the perfect place, Las Vegas, because if you renamed the Raiders the Rebels, everyone would be like, all right, that's what they are anyway. That's no big deal. So, yeah. Okay. We got about nine minutes. I wanted to touch upon the return of one of the more exciting players in basketball to me. Clay Thompson. Wow. Like just wow. Did Every, you watch did you watch the uh introduction? I did not I did not get to the introduction. I saw the dunk. I told and you I, about the dunk. You did. And then I went and looked at it, and Steph Curry's reaction was better than the actual look. Seth, I know you have never had a – well, I guess your ankle would constitute a serious injury to your lower body. Yeah, because I'm still dealing with it nine years later. So yeah. nothing earth-shattering. Yeah, so I when it. you have – and I've had multiple surgeries on knees and, and back and whatnot. When you have a surgery on your knee or on your ankle or some part of your body where you basically are 30 years old or in Clay's case, I guess it was 26 – and he had double, he had multiple surgeries. But the fact is, when you can do something that you used to do before and be able to do it again, it is just mentally such a, a, I, I don't even know, aura of 
invincibility. So I had knee surgery on both of my knees and then went out and ran the Army 10 miler about eight, nine months later. And when people ask me, well, what's your time going to be? I go, if I finish, I'm happy. Like, that's it. Like, I don't care about time. I'm not even bringing a watch. Like, I don't care. And when I finished, and I finished in, quite frankly, record time for me. And you know that. yeah, I finished, I was doing about seven, 10 miles. Like I was, was this before my time. Yeah. I was blitzing through it and then went and played football right afterwards. I played flag football because I didn't think I'd get done in time to go to my flag football game. Sure. And they're like, and they're like, all right, warm up, Sean, you know what? Take about 10 minutes and warm up. Uh, we're going to start the game. I was like, no, no, no. I just ran the army 10 miler. They're like, excuse me. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm all warm. And do they not, do they not know you? Yeah. I, I think they thought knee surgery, not going to run anymore. And just to see Clay back on the court was amazing. Like after 24 months of not playing. And he's one of those guys, and we'll talk about this more next week, where he brings intangibles that aren't exactly showing up on the stat sheet. And I know Seth and I talked about this offline as to whether Clay would be a Hall of Famer today. And I am of the opinion that he is not. I believe that there is only one Hall of Famer on that team. If if everything stopped today, there is one Hall of Famer on that team, and that's Stephen Curry. I don't believe that Draymond Green is even a Hall of Famer today. And we'll talk about that next week, along with the Hall of Fame of Baseball, which will be announced next week as well. So that's a good – or in two weeks, excuse me. So next week will be a good prelude for that. So we got five minutes left. Seth, would you like to go? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a couple things to talk about, but I want to talk about very. I don't remember ever enjoying some a football game from a pure. Nobody knows what to do standpoint, like Sunday night's Chargers Raiders game. Uh, Sean was doing what Sean does at that point, sleeping. sleeping. I was doing what I do at that point. Not sleeping. Not sleeping. Typically, I'm watching TV with Car- with Carly because she's had to put up with me watching football the other. And I have the game on the screen and she falls asleep. And, you know, it's amazing how everybody became an expert on this thing, which nobody really knew what to do with. You know, the Chargers coming back from 15 down with five minutes to go. The, the, the idea that a tie could knock Ben Roethlisberger into retirement was legitimate. And then people crushing Brandon Staley for taking the timeout, which I thought was silly. Um, silly to, to second guess him, not silly him taking the timeout. You're, if you're, you don't have the right offense in, defense in, and they're going to run 40 yards, they're going to kick the field goal anyway. There were, I think there were, would you rather play Kansas City or play Cincinnati? You'd rather play Cincinnati. You're going to go for the win if, the, if, if there's the opportunities avails itself. But watching Twitter and reading reading Twitter and talking to everyone about it, it was an excitement we haven't seen in football because it was a novelty. You know, Sean and I have watched football for 30 years. Most of the people we know have watched football forever. There's very little that shocks us or confuses us or makes us try and figure out how something should play out. And that was the enjoyment of that. Is you don't have too many, you have holy shit moments. Say, call it what it is. 
No, I wasn't doing it at that point. That happens. I agree with you. You know, yeah. the Tim Tebow touchdown to Demarius to the late Demarius Thomas against the Steelers in the playoffs. You know, the the Tyree catch, the the James Harrison interception for the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. That happens. But you expect in those games you're expecting something. Not maybe that, but you, you don't expect it, a whole game that kind of encompasses that or a whole quarter and a half that encompasses that as opposed to one play or two plays. The last half hour of that was transfixing, which is what we love about sports and what we miss about sports. And it was a lot of fun to watch live. And I wish you were awake to see it, but I know you need your 16 hours of beauty sleep. So I completely understand. Dude, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to watch on replay too. Look, it's not, Look, when I go to sleep, I, I, I wake up every once in a while and see scores, and I saw that they had tied. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. How the heck did that happen? Because I went to sleep at the end of the first half. <laughs> so I was like, whoa. And I woke up the next morning, and, and I watched the rest of the game uh, just to see what ha- – I didn't find out a final score. But I'm kind of glad I wasn't awake for that game because – nerves just abound. I like Mike Tomlin went to sleep and he's like, what would I care? Like, it's going to happen. What's going to happen is going to happen. And I think the first thing I said to you, um, when I watched the end and I, and I called you was I'm glad I wasn't a Pittsburgh fan that night because if that was the jets, I would just be pacing back and forth for a team, two teams that I have no interest in whatsoever, just because, I needed a win. Like it would be more anxiety just to watch that game than any jet game because it's completely out of your, your hands entirely. But we need to talk. Well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about Ben Roethlisberger and what his, his history is next week. If they lose um, and where he ranks on, on Pantheon of quarterbacks. And more importantly to me is if you're making a Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh Steelers is Ben Roethlisberger on it? Hell no. Hell no. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that more next week because I think he, I think he has more of a, more of a place on it than let's say Terry Bradshaw. I so, agree. Okay. I'm well, disagreeing with that. Okay. Well, well, I he is not one of the four best players Pittsburgh has ever had. Okay. So we'll talk about that more next week. For Seth Kamen, since Seth is nodding and has to go. For Seth Kamen's, I'm Sean Palmer from uh, Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, say, hi to, say hi to Marty and Sherry. Are they down here? Of course they're down here. I didn't know. All right. Well, I'll say they hi. Go, they, they, they're, they're Jews. They they sub the winner in Boca West. What kind of horseshit is that? Of course you know. <laughs> the, for those of you who don't know, those are my parents. And Sean is the son they never had. I am the son they did have. And Sean is the son they didn't have. It's true. So go get a free dinner out of it. Why not? Make sure that they're functional. Keep it in the I'll talk talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.